Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about bioidentical hormones. In fact, we're going to be talking about what these things are, what they do for your body, whether or not they're safe, and so on. I find so much misinformation about hormones in general floating around on the internet. Um, and unfortunately, these are like the top ranked results um, on Google and other search engines that I'm sure it's just very confusing for a patient. It's frustrating for me when I read this stuff as well. So I want to explain what these things are, give you some examples, talk about their safety profile, talk about what they are not, talk about how they can be confused with other medications and so on. So if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Childs. I'm an internist. I specialize in treating patients with thyroid problems, helping people with hormone imbalances, and of course, helping people lose weight. Now, this topic really extends into all of these areas um, because I'm going to give you some examples of what bioidentical hormones are. But first, I want to explain what I mean by bioidentical hormones. Now, there's been a push to sort of confuse uh, the definition between bioidentical hormones and other hormones that you get from pharmaceutical companies. So right off the bat, and this is to the favor of the pharmaceutical companies, by, by the way, because what ends up happening is pharmaceutical companies cannot patent um, biological compounds. So they can't take the testosterone from your body and say, aha, we created this testosterone molecule. And now we get to charge, you know, obscene prices so that we can give it to you. The, it's not allowed because it's a, it's a biological compound. Okay. It's already native inside of your body. So what they do is they say, okay, here's a testosterone. We're going to add something to it, like a methyl group or whatever. They're just going to add something. They're going to tweak what it is, uh, what that hormone is just enough so that they can call it a new compound. And then they say, oh, here we go. Let's patent this. And now we can charge, you know, $200 a month for it. So they want you to confuse, they want to confuse their compound that they created with the ones that your own body produces naturally. So when we refer to bioidentical hormones, we are referring to hormones, the exact same hormones, which are secreted naturally in your body throughout your entire life. And you can actually take those hormones as a medication via, via various routes. Um, those are bioidentical. Now, sometimes they are also referred to as body identical hormones. In fact, nowadays, this term bioidentical has been confused with this. And like I said, that's to the advantage of the pharmaceutical companies. They don't want you to use bioidentical hormones. They don't make money off those. They want you to use their Frankenstein, you know, esque molecules that have altered it. Okay. And a lot of the people, they have doctors that they write articles about this stuff and they try to claim that these bioidenticals are somehow dangerous. So we're going to talk about that in a second. So that's really what you need to know. Bioidentical and body identical really just mean that the compound you are taking is the exact same hormone. It looks identical to that hormone that your body produces naturally in a healthy state. Now, why would you take these? Because a lot of us are not healthy or we've had uh, diseases or conditions or autoimmune diseases, or we're getting older and we're losing our hormones, but you can actually replace those hormones with the same hormones you would have produced in youth at that same level. And that's the idea of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. Now you can do this for lots of different types of hormones. So here we're going to talk about some examples. You can do that for your thyroid. Okay. And in fact, all thyroid hormones, most thyroid patients don't know this, all thyroid hormone medications are bioidentical. That includes level thyroxine and synthroid. Now we'll talk about the difference between natural and synthetic in a second, but they are bioidentical. The, the, the level thyroxine and synthroid, they're the same hormone that your body produces naturally. They're just found inside of medication. So if you want to look for the sex hormones, which are what a lot of other people associate with bioidentical hormones, progesterone, estradiol, and testosterone, you need to look to make sure that they say 
progesterone USP. So USP stands for United States Pharmacopeia, and it just means that it looks the exact same in the US. Basically, that's just a way to determine that the progesterone is bioidentical. Same thing with estradiol and same thing with testosterone. But you'll have a lot of people who will say, they'll just, they'll remove this sort of USP here and they'll say, hey, look, we contain, or they'll use this kind of term, an ambiguous term. They'll say, hey, we can, we have, our compound contains estrogen. Well, there really is no estrogen in the body, okay? There's estradiol, there's estrone, and there's estriol. So if anyone is using the term estrogen, they're probably trying to confuse you by making it sound like it's something your body produces naturally. And that's what we're gonna talk about uh, birth control in just a second here. We'll talk about the confusion there. But these are some examples of what bioidentical hormones are. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between natural and synthetic. Now, this conversation is distinct and separate from the conversation about bioidentical or body identical. Now, natural and synthetic refers to the source. Okay, so in the case of, um, let's talk about let's talk about two here. Let's talk about thyroid hormone, and we'll talk about um, HRT for women. So there's a natural source. A lot of people tend to consider that the natural sources come from usually animals because they are not created in a lab. So synthetic is usually refers to refers to those compounds which are created in a lab you know, synthetically or chemically, even though they can both look identical, by the way, we're talking about the source here. So in thyroid, this is usually, we usually call NDT a nat, well, it's called natural desiccated thyroid, and we call it natural because it's animal-based. Now, in this case, it happens to be both natural and bioidentical in this case, right? But then let me give you an example where it isn't both of those. So in HRT, some people will say there's a medication called uh, Premarin, and Premarin comes from um, horse urine, okay? So it is natural in the sense that it's not synthetically created, but it is not bioidentical. So a lot of people in pharmaceutical companies are, they'll do this as well. They'll say, oh, look, we have a natural source. Well, natural doesn't mean bioidentical. So then a lot of people associate the term natural with bioidentical, and then they get confused there. So these are two separate things. Bioidentical refers to what the compound looks like, and natural and synthetic refers, refers to the source. Where did it come from? So in the case of Premarin, like I said, it is natural because it came from an animal. That's just how people consider it. But it is not bioidentical because the estrogens found inside of Premarin and PremPro, by the way, they, they um, still activate the estrogen receptors inside the human body, but they are not the same thing as estradiol, estriol, or estrone. They're completely different. Okay. Now, usually when we refer to the term synthetic in the case of thyroid medications, that's usually people re referring to level thyroxine and synthroid. So what ends up happening is you have... Um, lab companies, which basically formulate the medication inside of a lab under certain um, uh, scenarios, right? They're, they're creating it out of other pieces. Now, they're still creating the thing that looks bioidentical, but they're creating it in a lab. It's not naturally sourced like it would be from an animal or a plant or something like that. Now, you have to kind of decide how you feel about it. I think in, in the certain settings, synthetic can be fine. Some people want to go natural all the way, and that's fine. Really, what you need to focus on is whether or not the thing that you're getting is bioidentical. So in the case of level thyroxine and synthroid, they actually are bioidentical, but they're synthetic, not natural. So if that's a problem for you, then you'd want to switch to something like NDT, in which case you'd be getting both bioidentical and a natural substance. But the case of Premarin is not the case, or uh, it's not the same with Premarin. Premarin is natural, but not bioidentical. So it's got to be bioidentical if you want to do it. Now, the next thing we need to talk about is their safety profile. So this, this blows my mind. When I was looking up uh, this sort of information just the other day, uh, I saw a ton of articles that were like, well, you know, yes, these, these hormones are technically, they look the same in your body, but we don't know if they're safe which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of because to suggest that they're not safe is to su suggest that the, that the you know, millions of years of human evolution did not produce a, a human body which has, produces hormones which are safe inside, 
right? So it, the argument really just doesn't make any sense. Of course, they are going to be safe because your body has them inside. They're inside of you right now as you're listening to this. And if they weren't safe, well, then what? That would mean that that evolution produced a defective model or something like that. And it just doesn't make any sense. So what they, what they want you to think is that they're not safe because they haven't been studied. But the reason that they won't be studied is because they're bioidentical and they're the same things that your body produces naturally. So you're not going to find a ton of studies on, like medical lit literature and research studies on the safety profile of bioidentical hormones. Number one, because um, the pharmaceutical companies are the ones who pay for these things and they're not going to pay to prove that somebody else's product that they can't patent is better than their own product, which they spend $800 million producing. Um, and number two, there's just not a huge demand for it because they're usually shoving the, the studies that they produce of their Frankenstein molecules down you know, doctors' throats and so they end up prescribing those more frequently. So to answer this question though, are they safe? Absolutely. Now, in, in a lot of things, it's the dose that that, is, that whether it's the dose that determines whether or not they are safe. Um, and in this case, what I mean is, you can take too much of any good thing, and it could still be um, harmful, right? So even though, test, let's say testosterone, let's say you're using testosterone, um, the bioidentical version of testosterone, which is testosterone USP, and you're asking whether it's safe or not. Well, if you give some someone ten times the dose that they should have, well, of course they can run into problems. But that's not because the testosterone. Uh, is the problem. It's because of the dose that you gave them. So in this case, the dose is what makes the poison, not the medication itself. All right. So provided you are using them correctly, you're using them at the right dose, the safety profile is amazing. So I pretty much exclusively only use bioidentical hormones because of their safety profile. I've never really had any problem with them, by the way. Now, sometimes it can be difficult to dose, which is a whole other story. But in terms of safety, yes, they are very safe. And in fact, they do have some studies which show in the case of like hormone replacement therapy for women who are in menopause, that these actually reduce breast cancer risk, they reduce risk of stroke, and so on. So there's a lot of reasons to potentially use them. So lastly, I wanna talk about the difference between birth control pills and add, answer whether or not these are bioidentical. And the answer is they are not bioidentical. Okay, so this is where things get really interesting. So you'll have doctors who have no problem prescribing birth control pills, which are these Frankenstein estrogen and progesterone-like molecules that shut down the, HPA, the HPO system inside women but they're afraid to give them the same hormone that they produce naturally when it gets completely depleted in menopause. Like, it makes no sense. And by the way, birth control pills, I have a whole video on this. They have a lot of side effects with them, including a 20% increased risk of breast cancer. So we're not talking about things that are completely benign, but yet doctors have no problem giving these to young women all the time, but then they'll balk at the fact of giving progesterone to a woman who is 40, who has basically zero progesterone, right? The, the, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. To my knowledge, there are absolutely no birth control pills which are bioidentical. I am not aware of any. Um, you can take progesterone or, and or estradiol, but you really wouldn't want, wouldn't want to use estradiol, but you can take progesterone um, if you're experiencing hormone imbalances, but it's not really, it doesn't really have the birth control effect that most people may be desiring here. But my recommendation is to use other methods that do not secrete these uh, Frankenstein-like mo molecules, including things like copper IUD, um, and I have a video on that if you want to look into it, but they don't actually secrete those hormones, so they're much safer. Um, and they don't, they don't have, carry in with the problems such as increased risk of breast cancer and all these other uh, additional issues. So this sort of explains in a nutshell the difference between bioidentical and the pharmaceutical substances and compounds that, that the pharmaceutical companies create. And you really need to understand this because it's very important as a patient because it's hard to find this good quality information out there. So if you have any questions on this, if it's a little bit confusing, leave those questions below. I'll do my best to answer those. And if I need to, I'll make additional videos which explain this sort of stuff. But I wanted to just give an overview um, of this topic so that you have an idea of what to expect and, and what it really means. So if you have any questions, leave them below. And otherwise, I will see you guys in the next one.